It's, again, we have to keep in mind that we're not dealing here with the classic interpretations of the terms Tzadik Rosh Abenini. Okay, This is very much of an existential, essential translation. Otherwise, it's very easy to get put out and give it all up. So we're dealing here with the level of what is the person's, in essence, in if they were somehow... Uh, put under a microscope to see their madrega, not based upon their actions, but the madrega that they're at. With that in mind, we're going to start Perik Yudbeis, because that really is the focal, the focus point of the Sefer Tanya, which is the life of the Benini. Perik Yudbeis. Vea Benini. The person who's called the Benini, Uvishalo Oilom Ein Hara Goyver Kolkach, Earlier, he gave a marshal that the human body is a city. It's a city over which two kings were going to war, each one wanting to dominate the city. The Benini is a person who his evil, his Yetzirah, never was that strong to dominate the city. What does that mean, to dominate? Meaning that he didn't have the power to take over the body, to cause him to sin. The three garments that we've been discussing, namely thought, speech, and deed, of the animal soul, that is thought, speech, and deed, which come from the side, which is not Kedusha. Ein goivrim boy, they never gained the upper hand. Alanefesh of the kiss over the godly soul. Lihislabesh beguf, in order to clothe themselves in the body. Or, the body would be maisa, right? Bemoyach, in mind, that would be thought. Ubepen, in speech. Ubishar remachevarim, or with any one of the other 248 limbs, to cause them to sin or to contaminate them. Rather, so that's in outcome. And he's going to go back and explain all this in a moment. Rak, rather, the three garments of the godly soul, namely the thought, speech, and deed, they and only they. Mislabshim Bigov, they and only they are able to dominate the body. Notice he's totally avoiding the realm of the Parv. He's sticking to the extremes. The extremes being the forbidden of the Nefesh Bahami and the mitzvahs of the positive. He's staying away, unlike what he did in earlier Prakram, where he spoke about the mutter. Here he's focusing on the two extremes. Because the, really the, it's going to play itself out in the middle. That is thought, speech, and deed of the 613 mitzvahs. Now, this requires tremendous clarification. And frankly, it is of wonder to me why he wrote it using this language. Because, again, this is if you take this the way it, it says it, it's a total put-off, and at the end of the parak he goes back and, and qualifies that that's not really what he meant. This person, let's first do it the s- simple explanation, you'll see why it's so astonishing. This person never transgressed 
an Avera in his life. And he never will. And he does not have the name, the title Rasha, even for one hour, or one moment, all of his life. Now, he clearly told us in the past that that's not necessarily the case, meaning that what he's trying to say here, and all the commentaries on the time you point this out, is that in the person's present state, he's done tshuva for everything that he's already done wrong, and like the Rambam says, and this is really borrowed terminology, like the Rambam explains, in the mindset that he is right now, he never will. Remember the language of the Rambam? until the, the he who knows all the secrets of a man can testify about him that this person will never go back to do those Averis. That's the perspective we need to have that he's applying right now. Meaning that in the present moment, sin is unthinkable. Just for the Benini? That's what he's talking about, the Benini. The Rasha obviously has plenty of it, right? But the Benini at the stage that he's at right now, the thought that he may have sinned in the past is unfathomable to him, and for sure the consideration to sin in the future cannot enter his mind. Now, if that's the case, why isn't he a tzaddik? <laughs> Look at this, this should be like, you know, the tzaddik. But the difference is as follows. But the essence of his godly soul, which are the ten character traits of the godly soul, they are not the only kings in the city. How does that express itself? The only time that the godly soul and its expressions, its ten qualities, chesed, gvura, tiferes, and so on, its emotions, its desires, its agenda, are the only show in town, that only happens occasionally. Like when? Kimoi b'shas kriyashma. For instance, during the reading of the Shema, utvila, or during Shemanes, right? Unbelievable language here. Davening time is not only an opportune time here, meaning the time of Krishna and Tvila is not only an opportune time because we've prepared for it, and we said Psukhidizimra and all the various things that help us focus, but it is an opportune time because during the first three hours of the day, Lemaila, even above, there is a hashpa that we can connect to during each tefillah in the times of these obligations. And as a result, it is an opportune time for every person. It gives the person to be able to connect his intellectual qualities of Chachma Bin and Das to Hashem. How does that? Does one do that? The purpose of Krishna is to totally envelop one's mind and deepen their thoughts about the greatness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and as a result, to arouse the love like a burning inferno, in the right chamber, the heart of to cleave to Hashem. How does one cleave to Hashem? He defines it very clear terms. There's only one way. 
Bikiyum Hatayru Umitzvesel. The only way for a Jew to connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu is through the fulfillment of Torah Mitzvahs Me'ahava out of love. That's the concept, that's what's explained in Kriyashma, that's what it's all about, and, and a good portion of the Sefer, the Kutay Torah and Torah are authored by the Balatanya, is the exercise that one can go through during Pesukah de Zimra and Berchus Kriyashma and all that, to bring a person to recognize Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeno Shem and then the outcome is Vyahavta as Hashem Vyahavta is a natural outcome in his philosophy of contemplating Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeno Shem So that's the purpose of Kriyashma. Not only is it due to our exercise, but as mentioned above, those hours of the day when there's a mitzvah to learn Kriyashma, there's an opportunity to connect because that's the emanation from above. And then came along the Achikinesis and added the bracha Shalafnel Ulachra. They added the brachas before Shema and afterwards. Shemid Rabbanan, they are rabbinic. Hein Hachana, the Kim HaKrishma, Kamesha Kasavti Bimakamacha. They are the preparation for one to be able to learn Krishna properly, as I have written elsewhere. The Oz. Now, for the Benini, unlike the Tzaddik, even the Tzaddik Virale, who totally overcame his evil, the Benini only has moments where he's in charge. There, during those moments, the evil that's in the person's left chamber is subservient and negligible compared to the good, to the good that's spreading in the right chamber, starting with the intellectual pursuit of the mind. He never misses an opportunity to push his agenda. Which are bound to the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch So again, it starts in contemplation, and it will result in emotional love. But for the Benini, these are moments during each day that he's gifted of times when evil is not active. Just moments. But the minute we walk out of shul, another word, another way of saying this is carpool, when the moichin, when the mindset of godless of Hashem departs, and we got to face the realities of life, so here comes evil again, he wakes up again in the left chamber, and it desires all kinds of desires, to the pleasures of this world and its technology. Rak, it is only and here comes evil with all of its flair, but it's only because he's not the only show in town. He can't get his way because there's a war going on in this city. He's not given. He doesn't have 
dominion, he doesn't have rulership in the city, he just is able to express his desires. And therefore, Lehislavish, he can't go ahead and garment himself, he can't get away with ever moving it into the realm of real, real thought, speech, and deed. How does that express itself in thought? He says, Yeah, he brings it all up in desire. It comes, it flashes through our minds, but the person will not allow his mind to become engrossed in those pleasures of Elamazah. Meaning, what does engrossing mean? Engrossed means, okay, now how can I go about to pursue those pleasures that he is presenting to me. Why doesn't why can't he get away with it? So here is a absolute critical fundamental in his chsidis and in machshava bechlal. And that is the way the Rebbeinishlan created the nature of the machine is the mind rules the body. And when you know what's right, and we've gone through the exercises of learning how a Jew is to think, what's right and what's wrong, and what type of of pursuits are correct and what are incorrect, then we have the capacity of telling ourselves to cut it out. So the people are always saying, I can't, the desires are too strong. They're simply, then they should check in whether or not they have the DNA of a human being. Because the Zaya says, if you're human, the mind rules over the person. And he explains, he, he um, expounds. Because the mind rules over the heart in its nature, in the nature of his creation, this is not something that we need to create, it's not something that we need to formulate or exercise. This is the nature of the human being from his birth. Meaning, Shekal Adam, every human being, can with the willpower of his mind, to restrain himself, to rule over the force of desire that comes from his emotions, he can rule over it so that he does not need to fulfill the passion of his heart, uh, what do you do with machshava? Machshava seems to be that which comes to my mind. What am I supposed to do about it? It just happens to me. Says the Valtanian, not true, because we have the power. We have the ability to veer away our thoughts from the tivus of our heart to the total opposite. In fact, I believe that there's Allah in Shulchan Aruch that says that even if a person is in a place where he's not allowed to think Torah, that if he's confronted by thoughts which are inappropriate, he is allowed to think Torah in such a place. O befrat el tzadak 
and especially it is meaning that one person can veer their thoughts away to, you know, whether the peppers come from Mexico or from Eretz Yisrael. But certainly the person has the ability to ignite the Tzadik Dusha, the side of holiness. Kidichsev, as the Pasuk says, there is the power that wisdom has over stupidity, like the advantage that light has over dark. Pirish. What does he mean to say? Just like light has the advantage, it has dominion. It has rulership over darkness, meaning shema'at or gashmi, a little bit of light, one candle, can blast away a huge amount of darkness. And it doesn't require any effort. It disappears, it moves away. It goes away all by itself. We should understand that the power of Kedusha is such that easily we can push away a great deal of stupidity from the klipa and the dark side that's in the left chamber. Ah, you're going to ask, he doesn't seem stupid at all. It seems that the dark side is very, very smart. Why are you calling him stupid? Says the Baltanian in the brackets. He says, I'm not making this up. It says, no person sins unless he's overcome by temporary insanity. So you see that there's a great deal of insanity involved in the dark side. So the tzaddik never has a ruchstos? That's the way he... Again, this, the tzaddik of the Baltania has eradicated it. Oh, he's eradicated it. So he, he, he didn't have it, he just overcame it. That's a machalikas, again, of... His tzaddik is born a tzaddik. Very little struggle. Totally unfair. Mipnei, so why does he banished? Run line, line right after the brackets on Daf Yudzayim. Mipnei achach m'shem kis. Because here comes wisdom. Here comes the wisdom of the godly soul. Because remember, while evil is willing to share... Um, this is not willing to share. Kedusha is not willing to share. So evil will allow there to be two, um, you know, two Balabatim in the city, right? Goodness will not allow for it. Now, because Kedusha will not allow anything else in town. What does it want? Because Kedusha is exclusive. And as we said earlier, Kedusha is exclusive because it has the ability of transforming evil, where evil can never transform Kedusha. But, here to answer Gavi's question. He was listening. Even though this guy can never get, the, the evil will never get a machshava de of an Aver going. Nonetheless, he's not a tzaddik. Why not? Because this advantage that his godly soul has 
over the darkness and the stupidity of his own darkness. It's pushed aside. The only place where this entire thing is playing itself out is in the expressions of the three garments, in thought, speech, and deed. But but it's not in the essence of the person, meaning this person's got a healthy, vibrant, solid, evil inclination, active in all of its fantasies, in all of its designs. It's alive and well, but he's a tremendous gibor. Now, it's interesting, because if you look into the works of the Badit Shavarov, and um, the Badit Shavarov says about, for instance, why does a melech, he uses the muscle of a melech, I guess, because it was unique to melech, why does a melech uh, pay a great deal of money for a parrot that talks? If you're looking for something that talks, get a teenager. What are you getting a, a parrot for? It's because that's a teenager is not a chiddush. It's not a novelty. And the Rebbeinu is looking for a novelty. The Baltanya writes in the Kutatur, in the summer parshias. He says, why is the Bismidish called Mesais Kol Haaretz? Mesais is a language of laughter. So he says the Rebbeinu finds it humorous that human beings can take Gashmi and transform it into Ruchni. It's the unexpected. And people laugh. You see the unexpected, right? It's, it's, you're not, you don't expect, uh, uh, the, 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 um, Apterov says that that's why Yitzchak was called Yitzchak, that it was funny, because it was the unexpected. The Midas HaChesed gives birth to a Midas HaGvura. So it's, it's a Metzachik, it's, it's, it's humorous. So, the Baditch of says that, that this is not a put-down. The struggle that the Benini has, he's the Tachlis of the Bria. That's The struggle is the arena where it all plays itself out. The Tzaddik is not the desired being. He's not the one that HaKadosh Baruch is looking for. The Rabbi Nishlein has Nachis because we are the talking birds. We're the ones, despite the struggle, every time we don't allow darkness to express itself in the Gimel of Ushim, there's a tremendous Nachas Ruch upstairs. Baruch told me today, going back to the crunch, crunch speech, for those of you who were here for that, that the, in uh, Gimel, in, in uh, the Dalit Kedushas on Purim, the Badichavav writes that anybody who says or attempts to say that the Rebbein Shalem does not have tremendous pleasure from Avaida, it's minus Vapikrosis. Teresi. Anyway, so therefore... So what's saying? Does he, does, he, does, he, does he get delight in a Russia being a Russia then? If that's the case with Sadiq, is a Sadiq, because he knew who he is. If the main struggle is the Benini, no. he gets the greatest Hanoff. Right. So therefore, does he get Hanoff from, from the Russia being a Russia because he's got no... It's the complete opposite of the Sadiq? He's born no. in Russia? I don't, he doesn't say that he was born in Russia. He just says it about the Tzaddik. So the tzaddik is just born a tzaddik, and Russia. The tzaddik is needed because it's tzaddik is Well, he said it is. You need thirty-six tzaddikim to operate the world. So the Russians is chosen to become. The Russians Russia. chosen to be a Russian. Now there are people he said clearly who are born with more difficult natures than others, but they have the ability to overcome. So going back to it, he says therefore, the struggle, the reason he's not a tzaddik is because he wins the battles. 
but he does not win the transformation. And he said, look up about five lines from the bottom. Because the essence of the animal soul, which comes from the dark side, that's in the left chamber, he's right there. He's the guy with the little pitchfork and the horns, is alive and well and vibrant. He's right there, right after davening. The minute the person is not actively involved in something that ignites the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he is right there waiting to pounce and to go to battle. The moment that you don't have the love of Hashem in a revealed way, in the right chamber, he says, we'll get to a different fact. And and the whole next section of the Sefer is going to be built on the hidden love that every Jew has. Right now he's talking about open feelings of love that we have the ability to, to ignite. He says, even though I acknowledge, I'm totally accepting of the fact that there is the the, the neshama yearns for HaKadosh Baruch whether we're aware of it or not. There is a natural love that exists in the godly soul, like I'm going to write about at great length, further on. And therefore, therefore, the stupidity, the narishkeiten, of this evil fool, has the total ability to have bizgalus libay in a revealed way, in the left chamber, Lisavas Taiva to desire desires the Chol and Yanigashmias to all physical things of Ailamazev, this world. He says, I want you to understand this is not only people who desire um things that are permissible. I'm talking about even people who are desiring the worstest of the worst. That's what evil will do to us. It's going to ignite the the uh, tremendous desires to all kinds of things. We're wondering about ourselves, can it be that this is the same guy who was up there on Yom Kippur screaming, It's as if he never dominated at all. But, Allah only, when it comes to the forbidden, critical words, it does not even occur to the person. Yeah, a flash goes through his mind with a desire. But what makes the person a Benini at that moment is that the consideration of thinking, speaking, or acting is unconscionable. Just like the person doesn't consider drinking poison. As much as the poison may smell great, this person has thoughts about these things, but will not pursue them in a way which is usur. Again, and he stresses, what do we do with the initial thoughts? You're telling me that the person isn't pursuing the thought, but what about the initial thoughts that come to us? But we are bombarded with forbidden thoughts. Thoughts which are worse than Avera sometimes. They do come to the person. 
Lalis the Moichai to enter his mind, Ulavalvalai to confuse him, Mitayravyavaita from his service of Hashem. And he says, I'm not making this up. Ukamai Machazal, like Chazal tells us, Girmal Averis, Ain Odam Nitzavim Bachal Yoim. There are three Averis that no person can be saved from. Hiravera, they are the contemplation of sexual immorality. Vi'iyun Tvila Vachulo. Ian Tvila is a terrible thing. What's Ian Tvila? Ian Tvila is analyzing if Hashem is going to fulfill my prayers. Am I wasting my prayers? Notice on par what that is. It's on par with Hiruri Avera. Is he a Benoni because he has the initial thought or because he dwell, allows himself to dwell on it? No, no, no. He's a Benoni because he has the desires and the initial thoughts. But sadly, doesn't even have the initial thoughts. Now, so if that's the case, he asks the obvious question. In parentheses here, he just didn't print it. If the whole davening experience, or if you will, the whole Tishrei experience, passes so quickly and we go right back to being the same animals we were before, what's the point? Why bother? Why bother putting myself through the whole work of the davening and the exercise if I remain the same animal after davening that I was before? For this, Rishimu, great Aramaic word, Hebrew word is Rishim, right? The impression, the mock that the person leaves in their mind, and in their fear of Hashem, and in the love of Hashem, which is concealed at all times in the right chamber. The davening experience is the very quality that gives the person the koyach to go back later on and remind themselves who they were so that they can overcome the temptation later on. It is that very koyach that gives the person the ability not to give in to the evil to become the ruler of the city, to be able to carry out his very plan into action, to enclose, to garment himself in the limbs of the body, and even when we're talking about thought, which is the most edla of what we're talking about here, meaning to pursue the thought, to give life to it, to, to bring it Further, not to, to not to allow it to pass. We're not going to give the power of of Ra, the dominion. We're not going to do it willingly. Meaning, unbelievable words. I'm not going to accept that thought. You see the words, Mamish. Here is there. I'm not going to accept it in order to make it my own. Yeah, it comes from my lave. Yeah, it comes. I don't have to activate it. I don't have to make it my own. That koyach of being able to overcome and say, I'm not going to pursue that thought, comes from davening. So did the have the same concept? Ella. Immediately as the thought comes from the heart, 
you kick it out with two hands. The minute the person recognizes that this is a stinking rotten thought, he takes it and banishes it. And he does not receive it, receive it willingly. Even to pursue the thought with any form of desire. Forget about even bringing it into his mind to carry it out. Even to speak about it. By the way, I, this may be apocursus. But it certainly sounds to me like he understood us very well. And I'm wondering if in his description of the tzaddik, if a real tzaddik, in his description, can even understand what the Bainini goes through to describe it this well. I have the same thing with, with the Peleoids, with Ramatullah. His understanding of human nature is so modern, is so relevant to us, that it has to be that at some level these people had very similar experiences to us. So, I don't know if it's a terrible thing to say that that the um, Balatanya was not a, uh, you know, a born tzaddik and went through these very same processes in order to get where he got. I'm, I'm not insulted by it. Does anybody claim that he was? nikra rasha How do I know that this must be the case, he says, because somebody who contemplates willingly... And he accepts the thought and gives life to it. It's called a rush at that moment. And we're talking about a person who never does this willingly. Again, never meaning now. Never meaning he's not contemplating. Right now I would never do that. And here he takes it to an astounding another level. This is not only true vis-a-vis issues between man and God. But even on issues between man and his friend, miyad the moment a thought comes from his heart to his mind, any form of hatred or resentment, or jealousy or anger, or to be harsh, or anything similar, any negative issue between him and another person, he does not accept it willingly in his mind, or in his desire, quite the contrary, his mind will rule over the spirit in his head to do what? He got a cheshben going with somebody, do the exact opposite. Midas chesed to conduct oneself with another person with kindness, v'chiba yisera and overwhelming love, mudas loy lizbel mementoed kateyachin that the person will tolerate abuse from somebody else to the extreme, v'leidiches chaser shalom and not to get angry, v'gam shleidah shalom lekepoli chaser shalom and even not to pay the person back according to their own deserved. Uh, you know they get they're getting what's coming to him. Quite the contrary. Borrowed language, beautiful melitza um, here. To do good to those who deserve our wrath. 
like the Zayah writes, Lilmid that one of the lessons we should learn from Yosef and his brothers is to see what Yosef did for them after everything they did to him. So th- what he's adding here at the at last uh, ten lines here is that this whole issue of conduct is um, as far as not tolerating the thought and not contemplating or fantasizing about it is not only true between man and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that there is even reason not to allow these thoughts and agendas between man and man.